Hello and welcome to May I Have This Dance, a podcast from the Human Awareness Institute or Hi Among Friends. We're here because we love having real, rich, juicy conversations with people. We strip down with the people we interview, figuratively and only sometimes literally, to the undercurrent of what it means to be human through the lens of love, intimacy, and sexuality. As an organization, Hi is a place to explore and embrace our humanness. Obviously, a podcast can't replace our workshops, but we do hope that in these interviews, you're able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we do. Shall I get started with the interview? Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to the teaser episodes of May I Have This Dance, a um, podcast from the Human Awareness Institute. I am here with my co-host, Kate. Hello, Kate. Hi, Haya. How are you doing today? I am all right, you know. I am good. I'm in California. The sun is shining. Everything's okay. Hmm. Everything's okay. So um, in true Human Awareness uh, Institute style, I would like to introduce my co-host. Um, Kate is a truly wonderful human being who she is such a wonderfully intuitive listener. She is a really good speaker and she really gets how to get into the depth of people. Mm. She is a true empath and really gets what 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 drives people. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about her. And it's been a true joy to uh, record these first 10 episodes of this uh, very first season of uh, May I Have This Dance With Her. And thank you, Kate. It's been really, really wonderful. Mm. I have just grown and had laughter and even some tears with you, Haya. This podcast experience, this first season has just been truly life-changing for me. I um, was always kind of intrigued by podcasting. And when you came along and said, let's do it, I just felt like you have such a gift for opening doors. So with that, I'm going to more formally introduce my co-host, Haya Camps. Haya is a workshop participant at the Human Awareness Institute, and he showed up as like a ball of light into my world, into you know this organization. When we hit record and we drop in with the people that we're talking with, my experience of you is that you are thoughtful, direct. You pick up the nugget of like what's valuable in what someone is saying, and you oftentimes I have this experience of like this spin on what was kind of vague, uh, suddenly coming to life because you draw it out and then the conversation shifts. Uh, there's a spin in a different direction that ends up bringing us even deeper. So I'm just so grateful for your brilliance and uh, your ability to really see what's valuable in what people are sharing and, and to bring that forward. And we just work so beautifully together. I've just loved the whole process from start to finish of the editing and the writing and the talking and the connecting. And we've really developed a really lovely friendship through this whole project. So for me, this is not work. It's anything but. It's just complete play. And I'm so grateful to you for making it a possibility. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been such fun. I mean, I... Back in the in the early days of of Little Higher, um, <laughs> I did a journalism degree with a specialty in radio journalism, mm. and so this is like a return to <laughs> it's like a full circle, and it's such a wonderful thing. I never thought I'd actually uh, be jabbering along in a microphone again because radio kind of went away for a while, right? Yeah. And then podcasting happened, and I was like, hey, wait, this is a thing I can do. This is a thing I know how to do, and I've never really had an opportunity to. Um, to find something to do it for. Mm. 
So uh, with with high, it's just been really, really fun to uh, to be able to lean into some of those skills and some of that enthusiasm. I love that. It's evident that you bring that expertise. I actually had I hadn't realized that it was radio journalism. I knew that you were had a background in journalism and that you've done a lot of work for high, even just in in our writing content. Um, makes so much sense to me that you have the radio component. And what I love about this podcast is that it like merges this creativity and um, like almost the intellectualism of the, these topics regarding love, intimacy, and sexuality, but it brings this really human element of um, who someone is. And we get kind of a, pr- a preview into someone's whole history and how that culminates in um, who they are today. And so that the depth that comes from uh, taking the time to just get to know someone uh, combined with kind of this creative medium, it's just a really cool opportunity for people to listen in and hear people's life stories. Well, and that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about radio, right? I mean, it's, it's such an intimate form of communication. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's just the two of us talking and we're kind of ignoring that there's going to be people listening to this. And the way people usually consume podcasts is with earphones in and they're basically immerging themselves into a conversation between mm-hmm. a few people True. while they're on their commute or whatever. And so it's such a, it's such a high form of communication, <laughs> I think. It's, it's so intimate and it's so... Um, yeah, it's truly wonderful. Yeah, you lose all the distraction of, um, you know, what other kinds of media is often so scripted or so performance-based. And I think what's lovely about podcasting is you can really kind of forget that you're creating any kind of product. Uh, we're getting real conversations with people and um, getting to feel their emotion behind what they're saying, which is just lovely. And we've had some pretty vulnerable, spectacular guests, even just in season one. I've been blown away by the willingness of our participants to come on and share so openly and vulnerably with us about their lives. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've hinted at uh, interviewees a few times, but we haven't actually told our wonderful audience uh, what to, how this podcast works. So Kate, how does this podcast work? Yeah. So this podcast, May I Have This Dance, uh, it's intended to be sort of a fluid interaction among people who are connecting. It's supposed to be a real time, you know, example of what deep, real, vulnerable, intimate, exposing conversation is like. So we ask big questions. We, we get to the heart of uh, what made someone who they are? What do they think about love? What is their experiences around sexuality and how has that evolved over time? Um, so people, you know, we're holding each interviewee as the expert on their own life. Um, and I just, I love that uh, because they are. And um, I think there's so, there's a human desire to learn from others and to to feel like we're on the inside of what someone's experiencing. And to me, intimacy is that it's the revealing of the real moment to moment experience that we're each having. And a lot of times we don't show that so clearly or so vulnerably. We, we put up filters of uh, what we're going through. And so to have, you know, 30 minutes to 50 minutes on a podcast where we let a lot of that go, a lot of the kind of social conditioning to 
um, be a certain way and we just get into open conversation, that's the value of this podcast from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's funny because we do have um, a few questions that we ask everybody and we have like a whole list of backup questions. But what I truly love is that most of the time we don't use any of the backup questions. It's like, yeah, absolutely. they're just prompts. And most of the time it's like, oh no, actually half an hour has flown by and we've had all these wonderful, wonderfully deep conversations with people without even really trying almost it, it just flows so naturally and i think it's it's a testament to to the the people we have on this podcast i agree yeah there's some extraordinary humans who uh not only are rich and real but are have a true capacity for introspection right like they they've had so much wealth of inner knowledge about who they are and you just you feel that in the podcast as they explore with us kind of oh yeah this happened and then this is how that impacted me um there's a lot of self-knowledge and self-awareness that comes through which is lovely yeah absolutely so i wasn't going to do this but since we're kind of talking about the people we will be interviewing <laughs> do you want to uh, yeah. show a sneak preview of some of the people we 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 will um visit later on in this season yeah, but yeah, absolutely. So, hi, why don't you start? What's what's one of your favorite kind of takeaways or moments with an interviewee this season? Oh man, I think actually the very first episode we did with uh, Peter, who is one of the um, uh, facilitators at High, uh, mm-hmm. we were. It's funny because listening back to it now, we were kind of fumbling our way through the through the very first interview. <laughs> um, but it it came out so wonderful, right? We we got into. Um, we got into such depth. And then actually at some point, I think, I can't remember who it was, but one of us asks a question and we go through a lot of this material again and add and add an extra layer of emotional depth to the stuff we're talking about. And I think it's just such a good example of how how the people we've been talking to just have have the capacity to pause, go back and retell the same story, but with, with an emotional layer added or with an... Uh, with an intimacy layer added. Mm. Yeah. So I remember a moment when we were talking to Peter where he, uh, I think I asked him about his romantic life, like what the arc of his marriage has been like, because he's been married for quite a few years, I think upwards of two decades. And um, he told this beautiful kind of story, like you tell a friend about, oh, this is my history. And then I believe you said, okay, great. Can we share that again with the emotional arc underneath it? You know, what, was that like for you? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I think, I think that's what happened there. And the beautiful thing, of course, with that story is that, I mean, he he says he's been married three times, but there are three, they're, they're, they're three marriages to the same woman. <laughs> same woman, like I know. Three completely different arc. Um, and it is beautiful to me. I think it shows this, this, um, this power of resiliency in relationships that is really inspirational to me. Mm-hmm. And we see similar trends with, or similar themes coming through in our podcast episodes with uh, Alicia Davon and Erwan Davon, who are a couple uh, who run their own intimacy and sexuality kind of focused workshops in the Bay Area. And we interviewed them separately. And it was really fun to uh, go from one episode with Alicia to then with Erwan and kind of get the nuances from each of their perspectives about what marriage has been like and what um, their differences has highlighted for each other in their growth. And um, it's a really fun kind of pairing of episodes, those two episodes, to see the different takes on one marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a, as a radio producer, I would normally think that's an insane idea because it's like, well, <laughs> why would you 
why would you in- interview both sides of a couple, right? It's a recipe for disaster. But it, it turned out <laughs> so wonderfully good. It, it turned did. out really yeah. rich and tasty. And um, I just feel like they're both telling the same story, but they're telling it from quite different angles. And it's, but again, that's what high is all about, right? So it works perfectly for, for the podcast and it's fantastic to listen to as well. Yeah. You know, I hadn't put this together before, but talking about this, we we have another kind of pairing couple in this season, which is a business partnership yeah. uh, between two exquisite women uh, who run the Somatica Institute in the Bay Area. Their names are Celeste and Danielle, and we each interviewed them separately as well and um, ended up into really different territories with those two episodes. But uh, it was really fun to see them each speak about the work that they do and how their partnership has thrived and come together. And uh, really cool. Another take on relationship is that business partnership. Yeah. And they're both, I mean, they both work as uh, sex coaches. So they're, they're really in the depths of um, what human sexuality is, what it means, how it connects people. But I love how they got to that career in a very different, from a very different angle and how they both ended mm-hmm. up um, kind of leaning into that as what they really want to do with their lives. And digging into the why of that is is really fascinating to me. Yeah, it was fascinating to me too. And they, they come from really different culture backgrounds too. We had kind of a cultural thread that came throughout this season as well, which I was unexpected to me, the the impact of culture and coming from different places and um, how that has impacted people's stories. And um, for this business couple between Danielle and Celeste, it was interesting to me how vastly different their backgrounds were. And then they came together at some point in their lives when the, the paths kind of intersect um, and then they end up being really a great complement to one another. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And um, the last the last um, uh, episode I did was uh, was Alison Ash, who is another uh, sex educator here in the Bay Area. And um, what I loved about talking with her, and I don't think you've even heard this episode yet, so I'm psyched for you to hear it. Uh, what I, yeah, tell me about it. What I loved about talking to her was that she has this really deep set of insights about how she thinks that. Um, uh, interpersonal and sexual relationships works. I mean, she she runs workshops on, you know, on, on really interesting stuff, including titles like Mastering Non-Monogamy uh, and How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. So there's <laughs> like a, a really broad set of fantastic topics, but we actually really get into it. And I've met her a bunch of times and there was something really beautiful about actually truly connecting with her and getting under her skin a little bit. And we got some really uh, some really rich conversation out of that. My impression of Ali is that she is just on fire. She's super smart. She's got her PhD, uh, I think in human sexuality. If not, she definitely has a lot of training in that area. And um, I believe she just started work at Stanford. So she's just like on it. And I'm not surprised at all that you uh, had an incredible conversation with her. I can't wait to hear it. Absolutely. So we've had a lot of really interesting guests for this season. Um, And if you're listening to this, you may have picked it up. We've actually finished recording the whole season. We're just editing it all together and we start releasing it in January, I believe. Is that right, Kate? Yep, absolutely. Uh, January 1st, it comes out and we're going to be releasing a podcast once every other week. Nice. Yeah, that's super exciting. So actually, we've had a bunch of really cool guests on the podcast already. Um, What do you think is missing? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what comes forward in season two. I I think we've covered a lot of really cool stuff about um, 
kind of the very beginning of how people come to their sexual identities, little, little like pieces of wisdom to, that, you know, strike me as really unique about how they've oriented to life and meaning. Um, you know, we haven't, I think I'm thinking back to the conversations you and I have had uh, offline where we're like, oh, that would be a great episode or, oh, that would be a great episode. Um, One that stood out to me at one point, you said death might be a really interesting topic to come forward and how that interplays with meaning. We're going to touch all the taboos, it turns out. Right, right. I guess that's the objective. Yeah. you know, anything that's organic, I, you know, I just, I think that what's so valuable about season one is that we don't have much of an agenda. We just want to know what's real for people. So, you know, the themes that emerge, I'm not as attached to as I am to the experience of people talking about what they're passionate about. Yeah. And I guess the one thing I would like to add as well is that, you know, this is a podcast produced by High, but it's not about High. That's right. Yep. We're, we're the hosting organization, but we're, you know, our intention is to offer this really unique kind of individual product around, um, you know, vulnerable conversation, real life conversation between people. Yeah. And one of the cool thing is what, what high is really about is sexuality, intimacy, and love. And, you know, I, I feel like we live in a world where a lot of people are missing those three things in many aspects of their life. Um, and I think there is, yeah, and the- go on. Sorry, I intersect there because it's so, yes, right. It's missing and also it gets compounded or, uh, you know, they're seen as one in the same love, intimacy, sexuality. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who come to high and they go, what's the difference between intimacy and sexuality? They kind right. of, how are redundant are you guys? Right, exactly. And, and within high, we really pull them apart and look at how they behave as individual aspects of what we're able and capable of as humans. And of course, that's why we end up with such interesting uh, guests on the podcast, because, you know, they're all kind of in that, uh, in, in the intersection of one of those three things, at least. But it turns out everybody has opinions about everything. And really, it's just talking to the most interesting people we can find and, and digging into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it starts with the individual and their unique stories, which are just captivating and heartfelt. And then it kind of meanders into talking about what is the meaning of life? Who are we? And uh, what's important to people on an individual level? And, and that tends to then scale to what's important to all of us. Actually, one thing we haven't done yet, which I'm actually pretty eager to do, is to uh, interview one or more sex workers, because I feel like there is something Mm. taboo about that in general, but there's also a layer there, which is um, you very rarely find sex abstracted away from love and intimacy, or that's a lie. You find that all the time. (laughs) I find like uh, sex workers might have a uh, especially interesting angle on that because you know, th- yeah. it starts out and stays explicitly that way. Absolutely. Like, I think that what would be interesting over time is if we get these kind of like little chapters almost to this book of what relating is, right? Like what are the different various ways that we enter into relationship with people and how do we, there's a lot of crossover, right? Um, you know, you and I are coworkers here and we're friends and, um, you know, I've got a partner, but we also navigate non-monogamy and there are people who choose not to do that. And that's totally fine and beautiful too. So like, I, I'm interested in the full spectrum of what are all the different ways that we come into relationship. And I, I love the idea of interviewing a sex worker and see like, how do you navigate territory that, um, you know, instinctually quote unquote, or socially certainly is so very intimate and, uh, and uh, couched as kind of a loving act 
And is there any elements of it for you that is loving and is caretaking? I think there's these negative stereotypes about sex workers as if they're kind of like aloof and manipulative. But, um, you know, in the, in the minimal amount of contact I've had with sex workers, my understanding is there is a certain element of caretaking. It's almost like they're healers or um, absolutely, yeah. You know, interested in supporting a very important part of who we are, which is our sexuality. Well, and there's an interesting piece there too, right? I mean, it is it is called the world's oldest profession for a reason, but it okay. means that people have sought, sought out that type of contact for as long as humanity has existed. And I think there is something interesting about, you know, figuring out the well, I can imagine the why, but figuring out the the deeper why, as it were. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it I think it circles back to like this is fundamental. Our sexuality, our desire for touch, love, affection, being known, these are fundamental needs of of humanity. And um, you know, it's unfortunate that there's so much shame and stigma. I think we've gone a long we've come a long way, and I, I know that there are many, many um, wonderful people, some of them on this podcast that are working hard to reduce that shame and stigma around sex. But truly, it's it's an important, valuable, necessary part of our human experience. Yeah. And that actually brings my brain to a completely different aspect. I, uh, I ran into somebody the other day um, at a, actually a podcast recording event. Uh, there's a podcast called Body Storytelling that that tells basically naughty stories and it's always super sex positive and it's always super fun. And um, mm. the, the host, uh, Dixie, claims that she's gotten more people laid than anybody else in the world. <laughs> Which I mean, is, is uh, pretty... <laughs> <laughs> I'll drag you along to one, I promise. But I ran into uh, a guy called Yoni who runs uh, cuddle parties here in San Francisco, which are explicitly non-sexual um, places to come together and, and cuddle, just hug, cuddle and be in physical intimacy. And I think there is, there is a, um, there's a whole grayscale there, right. From, from explicit sex work to like somebody saying, I I need a massage because not because my back is tight, but because I need to be touched. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I feel like somewhere on that spectrum, uh, a couple parties exist, uh, you know, asking for a hug from a friend exists, uh, and all and everything in between, and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to exploring a lot of that stuff in this podcast. Me too. I you know this gets a little bit into my passion about health and the intersection around sexuality and health. I get into that a little bit with um, Ali Ash as well, actually, about co-regulation and how yes. uh, being touched and touching is one of the most uh, effective ways of both lifting you out of uh, sadness, but also bringing you down from agitation and anger and uh, and uh, stress and that sort of thing. And she brings that r- right back to to how you're treated as a baby. So that stuff runs really, really deep. And it's it's such a shame that we we live in a society where you know intimacy, even non-sexual touch is, is pretty taboo. It's true. And I, I hope that we're moving in a direction. I mean, as you pointed out, there's cuddle parties that are kind of spreading the nation and um, ideas for having that touch come in that's non-sexual. And it's certainly a very central part of of the Human Awareness Institute. You know, we, we talk about sexuality and what that looks like, mostly in the context of choice um, and boundaries and ability to speak what we really want and need. Um, so it's an empowerment kind of lens on sexuality. But a lot of what we do is um, distinguishing and, and making it experientially available to people uh, to understand that intimacy and that that deep sense of security and being seen and being known and being held 
uh, physically and otherwise is not necessarily contingent on sexual interaction. And I think a lot of people seek out sexual interaction to get that need met, not even knowing that that's what they're looking for, right? And so um, I, I once had someone who I really love and respect say to me, you know, uh, what if we looked at every relationship as, huh, okay, what does this relationship have to offer? Instead of trying to siphon it into these really large categories that society has kind of prescribed for us, right? Of friend, lover, parent, sibling. And we, you know, we've got these large categories. What if we let that go and really look at, okay, there's a little bit of attraction here, maybe not quite enough for sex, but I'm enjoying the flirtation. Um, you know, I really enjoy this friendship, but maybe not too much, you know, like just letting it be what it is rather than trying to push a certain relationship into one category or another. And I just love that concept. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's, that is my favorite thing about this podcast, right? We get to pick what we want to explore, find the people we want to explore it with. And there is a there's a pretty deep intimacy in that too. Absolutely. I'm I'm thrilled this is happening and I can't wait for season one to hit the air and for us to start, you know, getting some feedback and hearing what you all think about what we've done so far as we plan our next season. And I hope that we just keep getting more juicy and more deep the more we do this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing I'd really like to encourage our listeners to do is to think about who would you like on this podcast? You know, we've, um, uh, we've thrown some names out there. We've thrown some topics out there, but we don't actually necessarily, sorry. Uh, We've thrown some names and some topics out there, but we don't necessarily know uh, all the people we might interview. And we'd love some introductions to people who would be great uh, guests on the podcast. Absolutely. And even if you think you might be a great guest on our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, we threw out some names of people who are, you know, kind of interested in sex work uh, or in intimacy work out in the Bay Area or around the world. But um, you know, we, we also have quite a few people on this podcast that are kind of quote unquote ordinary people who, uh, are just kind of living their lives. And they're some of my favorite episodes because it just feels like, okay, we're, although I'm looking at the list of people we have on here, uh, Kate, and I think they're all extraordinary people. So, uh... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Got that wrong. Let's cut that part out of this teaser. <laughs> <That's insane now. laughs> no, but I think that is actually really important. I mean, ultimately, everybody is the objective expert on their own life. Right. Right. And it is really, it's really straightforward. You know, if you have a story to tell, you have a story to tell and we'll draw it, it out of you somehow. <laughs> right. Exactly. We, that's my point is, is uh, you know, whether you're bright and sparkly and doing, you know, a book tour or you're someone who has... Uh, experiences like the rest of us and you're willing to share it, then to me, they're equal and valuable. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your, um, what is your hope uh, for this, Kate? Where, where would you like this podcast to go? Oh man. Well, I, I have some of my own kind of fangirl dreams of who we might have on this podcast. I um, mostly, my hope is that we get the feedback from people that what we've done here has inspired some kind of new perspective on life and given people a sense of closeness and a sense of being included and a sense of what humanity looks like when we kind of zoom in a little bit. That's my biggest hope for this podcast. Yeah, that's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. I love that. What about you? Any big dreams for you? I, I just think this is a great excuse to talk to a lot of really fantastic humans and yeah. to... Um, and to dig a little deeper, you know, find, 
Yeah, you mentioned um, death earlier as one of the topics, and that's something that's particularly close to my heart. Um, at some point, I went away and became a uh, certified end-of-life coach, of all things. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's one of the things that belongs with intimacy, that belongs with love, you know. Death itself is, is pretty clinical, you know, a heart stops beating, you turn from a, from a human into a cadaver, and that's that. But it really only impacts the people that you are intimate with. So yes. I think there's a deep intimacy piece to that, you know, um, leaving a legacy is a big thing while you're alive, but afterwards it's, it's the grief, it's the, it's the loss of people. And there is real deep intimacy in both of those emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the, you, it, as you're talking, it also strikes me as birth is as intimate, you know, there's this, um, sense that as we get more, removed uh as a culture we lose the intimacy into those two life experiences you know mm-hmm. i i have never witnessed someone die i've had death happen in my life but i've not been there you know and just three generations back you know death was common it was a common thing to have lost a child or a sibling or uh you know a, a family member close friends and and now it's like it's, I think it's scary because we don't, not only is it more rare, which ultimately is a good thing, but uh, we're removed from it. We don't feel it and see it. And I think the same thing is true for birth. You know, I ultimately would like to have children and it just blows my mind that it's possible that the first birth I will ever have attended as a woman is my own. I mean, that's just on some level absurd. Um, well, I think that is something that we should try and fix. So if you're listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I'm kind of serious, right? So I have I have no interest in having kids. And I think that's actually a separate conversation yeah, that right. we should have on a podcast episode once because that would be really interesting. Agreed. But I, I would absolutely like to see a birth once and see, you know, what is that experience like? And you know, what is, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, talk about the height of living, right? I mean, the experience of bringing life into the world or seeing life come into the world, uh, it's just, I'm, it just blows my mind not even having experienced it. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and it says and, something about how weird my life has been that I've seen more autopsies than births. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> so I think you're, I th- I think you're in the rare category of having seen any of it, you know. I, I so I agree with you. This it, both very intimate, both important. Uh, let's let's definitely dive into that at some point, and and I'd love to, you know, highlight loss and and also the joy uh, associated with both categories. Yeah, and I think what you're talking about really is the full breadth of the human experience, right? I mean, yeah. there's another really good podcast called uh, Death, Sex, and Money that basically is named that because it's picked the three biggest taboos and digs into mm, them. That's great. I mean, even at High, I, th- I don't think High talks about death a lot, but one of the one of the things that occasionally happens is that people talk about money and you know, people talk about sex all day long. They're like, yeah, 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 sex, 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 it's fine. And then, oh, money, this is a bit grubby, a bit weird. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share about this. I don't feel good about this. And it's really fascinating to me because, I mean... And I think the reason it, it becomes taboo, which is completely backwards to me, is that all three of those topics are complicated, right? Like it's the... It's diff. It's di- they're difficult to deal with because they're complicated. You know, they're they're emotional. They're nuanced. There's no one right way to do it. We're different. There's huge impact in all three of those categories on our lives. Um, 
you know, so there, and there's like intrinsic meaning behind all three. So I think that's partly why it becomes taboo is that it just feels kind of overwhelming. So, okay, let's just push it into the corner and pretend it's not there. Um, but it, it strikes me as you'd think that the, the topics that are the most complicated and the most universal would be the topics we would all want to talk about the most. And it, I guess it turns out those are the topics we all want to talk about the most. We just have to allow ourselves. Yeah. Well, the funny thing to me is that we have so many things happening um, in our lives that are very poorly covered. If you think about, if you go to a movie, um, you will see people shooting each other and blowing each other up all day long. Action movies are totally a thing, but you very rarely see sex. Mm-hmm. And you see people exchanging money and making investments and that kind of stuff, but you don't really see them talking about what money means to them or mm-hmm. what not having money means to them. And if you think about your everyday life, you know, you rarely see people getting shot, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in most most people's lives, you probably um, have a lot more sexual experiences than those types of experiences. And so mm-hmm. there's this weird kind of cultural undercurrent that runs through how uh, especially American media sees all of this. And of course, you know, Hollywood movies are generally what people watch all over the world. So you get this really strange uh, cultural imperialism almost that that spreads its little tendrils all around the world and actually influences how people think about sex and sexuality mm-hmm. based on what has happened culturally here, which is completely mind-boggling to me. Yeah, agreed. We we actually have a section in one of our episodes where I'm connecting with Celeste uh, about this very topic, about, you know, how media and how, um, you know, what we're told around the stories that we tell about what relationship and sexuality looks like, how that impacts uh, our true experience of sex and sexuality. And I, I think, you know, for me, there's this continuing sense of optimism that it feels to me like we are getting um, much more culturally aware. And yet, you know, there's still quite a few bubbles in, just within this country where, uh, you know, the vast majority of people still just don't go anywhere near the conversation. And they end up as adults without having had any kind of guidance other than what they see in the media. And it's just such a distorted perspective of the collapsing of the love, intimacy, and the sexuality. Yeah. And I think if you expand the media to the porn industry, which, I mean, I can't imagine there's a lot of people who haven't come across porn in their lifetime. Uh, if that is how you learn about sexuality, you're in for a nasty surprise when, when you start having sex, because that's generally not how things go. And it's also, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, acrobatics, but there's no actual intimacy and connection that happens uh, in pornography. And I think there's something really interesting about if that is if that is how you learn your sexuality, then, uh, you know, is there any wonder that there's so many people who can't figure that out? And the other thing I want to say about that is, you know, we recently, my partner Luke and I went back to Arkansas, which is where I went to undergrad. And I've got dear friends who are about 10 years older than me, and they kind of were mentors for me and kind of uh, served as like the extended parental roles once I went off to college. And now they're just really good friends, but they've got two young children, their boy being about eight years old. And when we saw them last, they were saying, you know, we're aware of the fact that, you know, it's going to be really soon that we need to start talking to Kenny about sex because he'll just be exposed so much sooner. He's got a tablet that he plays on. And um, so it's just interesting how technology and the internet has brought sexuality into the lives of children so much earlier and what that will be like for parents, you know, going into the future as they try and navigate that. Yeah. I think there's a couple of interviews in there, I think. Find find a parent who, have, who has a child in that exact 
uh, space yeah. and and see if if we can talk to them about it that that would be really interesting yeah, to me. for me it highlights the need of like we need to get better at talking about these conversations because we're raising the next generation who uh, will be building sexual relationships intimate relationships in really a new paradigm. So how do we get better at talking about it? You know what? I think the answer to that is this very podcast. <laughs> Yay, here you go. Got it perfect for you. And on that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's call it. Let's call it. We hope you enjoy this first episode when it comes out January 1st. And stay tuned. We've got a really just incredible season lined up for you. Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to uh, shepherding you through the first season. And uh, we're going to start uh, recording the second season pretty soon. So I'm super psyched to work with you on that, Kate, and to bring our listeners uh, through all of that. Absolutely. And wherever you listen to our podcast, we will have a link to our podcast website. That's how you can get in touch with us if you have ideas about who should be on season two. That sounds great. And uh, until then, have a great time. Have a happy holidays and a happy new year. Happy new year, everyone. Thanks, Haya. For more information about the Human Awareness Institute or our workshops, visit our website at hi.org. That's H-A-I.org. Thank you so much for listening to May I Have This Dance. It was a pleasure to have you with us. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.